This is William with Miami Lux, and welcome to the Rennie Doyle Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Well, I like your setting a little better than mine. <laughs> hey, guys. Sorry, I yeah. had a little technical trouble with Facebook this morning. It wouldn't get started at first. Uh-oh. Are we going now? Yeah, we're good now. There you go. So, Josh, you got to tell me, where the heck are you? I am in Solomons, Maryland, uh, down at the marina down here. So, right on Chesapeake Bay. Tell me it's actually – uh, what's that? Tell me you're sitting on your boat. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, I detail enough boats to know that uh, the best boat is, is your friends. Um, and you don't have to pay for all the maintenance and everything else on it. So that's good. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, but we're, I'm actually right across from, uh, from Patuxent Naval Air Station, which is where they uh, – one of the testing centers for the F-35 fighter jets. So with that said, I apologize if there's any jet noise for a minute. We might have to uh, <laughs> just kind of pause, but we were actually on base doing a boat yesterday, and they weren't too active, so hopefully uh, we get the same same blessing today. There you go. Well, you won't hear any complaints from me. That's a, that's a sound of freedom right there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, uh, hey, guys, it's all yours. Josh, you can go ahead and get us started. We're good to go. Ooh, I mean, just uh, I can finally see my camera, so I'm just trying to adjust some things here. Um, all right. So, hey, everybody, this is the Rennie Doyle podcast. I'm Rennie Doyle, and uh, I'm here. I've got Josh Buckler here with me. Uh, I mean, uh, we're going to do a little little role reversal here today. So, um, I'm Josh Buckler. We're going to be interviewing Rennie Doyle this morning to uh, give everybody a little insight on, on who he is and uh, – how he got to where he was and hopefully show that it doesn't matter what you came from or, or how you got there really. It's just building a life of happiness and success that, uh, well, the happiness is really what creates success. And if there's a, any happy person that I know, uh, it's certainly Rennie Doyle. So with that said, Rennie, how are you this morning? Doing good, man. Josh, how are you? Again, I wish I, I, I think that I'm, I'm way jealous. I think you're in a lot better I love my shop, but I think that's a better location. <laughs> well, uh, I, I was happy to have the pleasure of being at your shop a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and that is definitely a, a nice shop. Fortunately, my shop is, uh, for the most part, sunny and, and uh, full of sailboats and powerboats and everything else. We're down at Solomon's Marine, or Calvert Marina in Solomon's, Maryland, uh, this morning working on a boat and even though it's sunny and warm, they're all ready to get them shrink-wrapped and protected for the wintertime. So uh, that's what the, at least the Farmer's Almanac is telling us, that it's going to be an interesting winter. So they're never right, but that's okay. Um, yeah. So just uh, to give everybody an idea of what of who I am and, and my relationship with, uh, with Rennie, I trained with Rennie back in 2000. That was 2018, February of 18, and I was lucky enough to be selected for um, the Air Force One detailing team that 
July and then again the following year. And just recently I've been out to Big Bear, California to see this nice pretty shop that you see in the background of Rennie here and uh, and get to intern as uh, assistant instructor basically to uh, four students that came through for the, the five-day class. Um, might as well call it a 10 day because we were there for at least 12 hours every day. So it was a good time. Got to use a lot of cool stuff and, uh, and really just catch up with a friend. So with that said, here is Brenny Doyle. So I, I've got a, uh, I, how long have you been doing detailing success? We started uh, detailing success, Matt Williams, which is still in the group uh, out of Marysville, Ohio was my first student. And it was either in late 2004 or early 2005. And uh, we had, we had, you know, I was a lurker in the forums. There used to be forums back in the day um, when the internet first popped up. And I was so busy running shops, I really didn't partake in the forums. And about that time, I jumped on and started making comments. I wasn't just reading. And um, Matt, Matt sent me a message. I, I'd gotten it before if people want to come out and work at one of our shops with us. And kind of, you know, uh, tag along, learn. Uh, I, I don't even know if we were calling it training back then. Uh, but, you know, for some reason, Matt was, you know, fresh, fresh out of college. Uh, he had this hot new chick he was hanging out with. Uh, he'd started his, his, his new business. Uh, flash forward, you know, Matt married that hot new chick. Uh, a couple kids later, a couple houses later, uh, built his own shop and is actually uh, working his way into another business as we speak. I think he's already, he's got it. So that was, that was way back 04, 05. Uh, seems like yesterday to me, but uh, it's hard to believe that it's been a career for Matt, you know, just it kind of a second, kind of a second career for us in detailing, you know, and we're kind of onto our third now because, you know, we ran shops and was the guy in Matt's shoes up until that point, and it definitely switched. That's nice. So, so he was the first person you trained, right? He was it. We'd done a lot of open garages and kind of, you know, small stuff, but, you know, mainly with, with like do-it-yourselfers and, and I was really taking aim at our own customer base at our different shops. We had, we had six, six locations going and uh, we, we really promoted teaching people, believe it or not, proper car, uh, car care because if we could teach them to take better care of it, it was in better shape when we got a hold of it. Uh, but mostly it just, it, you'd always have those two or three people lurking in the back of the shop that wanted no part of doing what we were doing. It was too much work and they'd end up buying a detail. So that's what it was really about. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I like that model and that strategy there. I think there's a book called, uh, they ask you tell, or they ask we tell. And, and it sounds like you were like this, gentleman who wrote this book, uh, ahead of the curve as far as the, feeding your knowledge in order to gain the respect, the reputation, and, uh, and just give, build that rapport with your customers. So that's, yeah. that's really cool. You, you and I are both avid readers and believe in reading. That's a great book. If anybody hasn't read that. Yes, it is. So leading up to the training, of course, you own, you own several detailing businesses. Uh, you were somewhat mobile, had, a, had fixed locations at your shops and stuff. How many businesses before that, I should say, do you think that you've owned? 
Wow. Well, total, I had to, I, I had to check them off. And so with your notes, I actually checked them off. And right now we've owned, um, either still own, uh, one of my, I've never had to shut a business down. I'm, I'm real blessed. We've always been able to either, we either still own it, uh, or we, uh, in, in one case, we had a hostile takeover that I wasn't on the good side of, unfortunately, uh, or we sold out. And so today's numbers were right at an even 20 uh, that we've, that we've wow. operated. And uh, of those, one of the next questions is uh, seven of those were automotive, uh, automotive detailing related. Uh, and, and right now, three of those seven, we still, we're still engaged in. So what kind of stuff did you do before the, uh, the detailing? Oh, wow. You know, we got out of, um, go back to when, when we, when we got into detailing, we sold our first one and, uh, uh, or I was single at the time. So me and, uh, window tinting was huge. Window tinting was just catching on and I loved cars. I couldn't. I almost couldn't believe I'd sold my detailing company, but I, I did. And then I sold my second detailing company uh, and kind of used it. It really, oh, you know what? I forgot one too. Uh, I completely forgot another business. So 21, 21 businesses. Um, <laughs> we, we developed that 21st one's really interesting. We developed, this was right when we were opening up uh, attention to details, which was our, which was our primary detailing company. We started, we developed a system for mobile oil changing, uh, doing it on mobile. And we had worked with, nothing was patented, but we just had a really cool design. We were working with one guy that was the single source builder for this, this part that we used for mobile, for mobile oil changing. And when we were having the equipment made, the, the company that made our equipment saw it, thought it was innovative. And before I even launched the company, they, they bought the company. Wow. Now that was stupid though, because I could have made a lot of money with that company. But I needed the, I needed the money just to to infuse and grow uh, attention to details, the detailing company. So I sold it. But looking back, not a smart move. So, you know, we we uh, we, we 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 stayed. We stayed. You know, our roots are still even till today. Our roots, everything that we that we're involved in, goes back to detailing. Detailing was the birthplace. Uh, of, of all the funds uh, and all of the creative ideas, uh, and it and it allowed it's it's allowed me the life I've had. I mean, it really goes back all the way to when I was thirteen. And so, don't you know? Don't discount dis- detailing. A lot of people, it's a great stepping stone. But uh, man, we've had a great time with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty proven that you you've had a great time and that you're continuing to have a great time. So that, that's uh, absolutely happiness is, is there for sure. Um, so you, you talk about going back to 13. Where, uh, where did you grow up and, and what kind of stuff were you doing uh, as a kid? Um, did you, were you uh, the, the kids selling lollipops at, in school or were yeah. you the kid out getting in trouble or what? Yeah, a little bit about, you know, I was a good kid. Um, and I, I, I was raised by my mom and grandma in Colton, California. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool little town, actually, but kind of a rough town. Uh, when, when my wife, Diane's mom, found out that I was from Colton, she really has never had a lot, a lot to do with me since. Um, she kind of said something about my hometown before she realized I wasn't kidding, that I was actually from there. Um, so that will tell you uh, I, was, I was probably the wrong color to be, um, by some people's uh, judgment, the wrong color to be raised there. I was absolutely, everything about that town was right. 
Um, and so I was, uh, you know, we, we, um, it was all about wheels, man. I mean, it was everything about wheels and, and it was even wheels that took me to detailing. We saw a guy flying, uh, aerobatics and followed him to the air, the airfield eight miles when I was 13. And we, uh, we just hung out and I ended up being the last Mohican kind of hanging out and all my friends stopped riding out there and I kept going and they put me to work, uh, and trade for some flight time. This is how crazy this guy didn't even know me, didn't talk to, didn't know anything, didn't talk to my grandma or my mom, and just taught me how to wash an airplane that took me up flying. I mean, you could not get away with that That's stuff awesome. today. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and the rules were a little less strict. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was that, I mean, it was the 70s, uh, and, and, and it was just a cool time. Matter of fact, at that age, it was 1979. We're just going into the, you know, the eighties. It was a rocky time in our country. Kind of like what we're going through now, you know, gas prices through the roof, you know, uh, you couldn't buy a house because interest rates couldn't sell a house because of interest rates. And, uh, I remember all that going on around me, but then at that same age, it's ironic because I was going back and at 12, my world got rocked because I got caught not really even doing anything. We we're kind of, we we're kind of messing with people you know, would ring their doorbells and take off. Well, we did it to the wrong person. And they were the, like, like the, uh, the first family of our town, uh, managed corporation. They still build, build roads here in Southern California and the cops caught me. And, you know, I thought they thought I was a bad kid. They actually did. They put me in a, a place where kids were using drugs and uh, thank God about 24 hours in, they realized that I wasn't using drugs and they sent me to a, a work camp. And, uh, that work camp, I was there for about two weeks and it was filled with goats and horses and, and sheep. And you had to clean up and clean stalls and it turned out, man, I volunteered to go back, uh, because it was discipline and I didn't have that in my life and I loved it. And I loved animals. And, uh, it was a tipping stone to where I knew I didn't want to ever get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yep. And, Absolutely. Uh, and it also showed everybody around me that I had an incredible, including myself, I had an incredible work ethic and I had an incredible mind to, um, believe it or not, lead others. Because these were some rough kids. I'm not the biggest dude in the world. And uh, I just, I would motivate people. And, 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 you know, kids would be griping about having to go do this. And I was like, listen, man, I was just over where they treat the, the kids for drugs and they're in lockdown and they're in handcuffs and, you know, they get, they, they're, they're, everything's monitored here, you know? Yeah. I think that having that, that positive energy, whether you're, you're giving the, the negative, like look at what they have and then look at what we have, whether you're doing that or not, just positive energy and being positive throughout your day can really uh, elevate everybody around you for sure. Absolutely, man. Hey man, you're your own temperature gauge. And when that I, can, you know, you're, you're freshly uh, engaged to get married. Congrats. Still, if you guys haven't watched the way that he did it, every male out there, you're going to be – I don't know. There's not too many men that have proposed in a way cooler way than he has. Um, it was pretty awesome. I'm pretty proud of you. I, I, you know, I've gone back since you left. I watched that video two more times. And, <laughs> I, I, man, and it just it, – it makes you – if that doesn't – if that doesn't get your tears flowing in your eyes a little bit, I don't, I don't know what will, but it was pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, it um, – yeah, just, you know, I think that you're your own, when you get married, you come home, is you're the temperature gauge, but, you know, also the people around you, you know, if you put a, 
a warm thermometer in an ice chest, it's going to get cold. And sometimes we create, you know, we allow people around us to create an ice chest around something really hot. And you've got to be man enough to realize when that shit's happening and pull out of it, take yourself out of it and reset everybody around you. Uh, don't let other people ever put you in an ice chest. You know, if you're hot and you're going and you're moving, you can't let other people adjust your temperature for you because it can't happen. Yeah, when I when I get on a roll, I like to uh, to keep it rolling and not not slow down. So, but there's always there's always roadblocks, and I know you've had your, your share of them uh, yep. throughout throughout time. Um, so, go from let's say your adolescence up to where you are now. Do you have any regrets on anything that you've done? You think you wish you would have done something different? Um, maybe something went right and it worked out, but you thought it could work out better. Yeah, you know, I, I think, boy, regrets is a tough one. You know, there's always those things. I mean, I've owned, you know, I was in the transportation industry. I owned an executive protection company. We owned real estate. We, we actually owned a, we, were, we, we had we had investments in a food product company, uh, products-based, you know, we're, 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 we're involved in PNS Double Black. Um, you know, I think regret-wise, a couple things I, I didn't do. Um, I'll give you two on a, on a business note. Small thinking is letting, allowing myself to have a poor guy's way of thinking and not allowing myself to be more successful at a much younger age. I took all those impressive steps. I owned all these businesses, but yet I still put roadblocks, my own roadblocks in the way. I sabotaged myself in certain instances because I didn't think I could ever get to where I'm at or where I'm going. Does that make sense? Yes, you just had lots of self-doubt as you were as you were going. I did. Right? I just never thought I could, even even at the age of you know, by the time I was forty, I was killing it. You know, I really was. Uh, we'd done well, and Diane and I'd done well. We had this wonderful family, and you know, houses and and cars and all the all the shit that goes around with it. Uh, but I let my ego get in the way. You know, I had too much ego-based shit. You know, clutter, if you'd say. Uh, in my way, uh, and, 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 and so, and it, but again, was it clutter? No, man, I, sh I just, I should have had any, any bills. I shouldn't have had any, you know, I should have thought about it. The way I thought about it in my 20s of growing up poor was, hey, debt's bad, you know? Well, there is good debt, you know? We've talked about that, you and me, many times. Is, you know, we got a line of credit that we use here and there, and it's great debt because we can write it off. It allows us to grow the company. We do different things with it. We expand. Um, we do all these different things, but on the same side of things, like going out and, or, you know, right now owning a, you know, I'm a Porsche fan of me getting, you know, a GT3, you know, I could, could I afford it? Yeah. Would it be smart? No. And, and the reason why is because all this isn't paid for yet. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now on a personal Priorities. note, exactly it. On a personal note, um, you know, I, my goal was I'm, I'm real lucky to serve in the Cal Guard um, did so at a later stage in life. Um, but a lot of people don't know that I was, I was actually billeted to go into the army and fly, uh, Apache helicopters and had gone to Fort Rucker twice. My best friend, uh, got me addicted to it. He went through flight school down there. I went to his graduation. Um, I don't drink, but I did drink with him that night. I woke up the next day at the recruiter's office, uh, duct taped to the door with a sign taped to me that said, I want to fly. Um, they, they gave me, 
it gave me the test. Um, I did relatively well and uh, went back again to sign my papers for them to kind of sell me on flying Apaches. Did it uh, right when I got home. My, my grandmother, which raised me, um, had a series of heart attacks and strokes. Um, I talked to my, uh, what it would have been my you know, chain of command coming into it, the recruiters still at the time. Uh, the hardship was is that I, I paid the bills for her and my, my mom. And so they deferred me out. And unfortunately, I hit the age limit. And uh, it was a real bummer, but then this is where it really gets sick, where Diane likes to rub it into my face a little bit, is that um, just a couple years later, uh, a few years later, is I had met Diane, and they'd upped the age significantly. And they got a hold of me to come into the, uh, into the, uh, Army, uh, into the Army Reserve to fly Apaches. And at this time, we had, we had our, our detailing company going. We had two kids with one on the way, we have four now. And um, they said, hey, it's gonna, you know, it's about a two year program to go through flight school, uh, warrant officer training, all that good stuff. And I told Diane about it. She's like, when are we going? And I was like, man, we got a house. We got, she goes, you know what? All of this can come back into play once you build your dream up. Let's go down to Rucker. We'll restart the business when you get out. Let's go get you. You're going to be based here. We were living in Idaho at the time. You're going to be based right here in Boise, probably. Life's good. And you know what dumbass me said? Nah, I got responsibilities. And, you know, I didn't regret it for a couple of years. And I don't know if I, yeah, I do regret it. But I looked at that and Diane knew at the time that I was the type of person that needed to harvest my dreams. I just didn't need to plant my dreams. I needed to harvest them. And I never got to fulfill that part of it. And... And I've always said, hmm, I wonder. But I'm also typed as, well, maybe I would have got shot down. You know, God had a plan for me. Wasn't to do that. I touched people in other ways in the military. And life's pretty good still. And I, I still look at that. And, uh, you know, when I changed the, uh, when I changed the uniform with a, uh, with a pilot, yeah, probably absolutely. Uh, moral of the story is, if you're young and you have a dream and everybody around you is supporting you, it's you that's going to stop the dream, nobody else. That's uh, that's pretty sound advice. That is definitely sound advice because I uh, harvesting. You said harvesting your ideas. That that's uh, that's something that kind of resonates with me because I have a lot of ideas. Uh, it's hard for me to even enact or uh, some kind of plan because by the time I get a pen out and write it down, I've already got more ideas. Whether it's for that idea or <laughs> totally different. Um, my attention span isn't the greatest. Uh, my fiance Nicole would, would tell you that. Um, she's a very focused individual, as where I like to uh, just fly by the seat of my pants, baby. Basically, so <laughs> I'm more like you. Yeah, but I'm more like you. I fly by the seat of my pants, but you know, I write it down. I mean, here's this is one. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, seven, sixteen of these on my desk right now. You know, my mind mapping sessions. Um, I've got them all laid out and organized right now because nobody's here. And, you know, I, I was really lucky because uh, Warren Buffett was a, was a uh, client of one of our companies. I got to meet him briefly a couple times. And I, I, I finally worked up the nerve to ask, you know, at that time, the richest man in the world, um, you know, if he had any sound advice for an entrepreneur. And he said, if it's not written, it's not happening. I've said it many times. And that's why everything gets put down on paper. Because at some point, even if you don't have that piece of paper, 
you wrote it down and I think it etches something in your head. And you know, Josh, it might be that you're, you're, you're young, you're aggressive. It might be that that idea is not ready or you're not ready for that idea. So you're going to come back and plant that seed later in life and harvest it later when you are ready. And so don't beat yourself up. If you can't get to the ones, get to the ones that make the most, the most uh, sense for where you're at in your journey right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a work in progress for sure. But as it's life and, and everything we do along, along our story. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, so moving, moving along a little here, uh, let's, let's pivot to a different topic. So you're a founders member or a founders club member of the IDA. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about your history with the IDA? You know, my, my history with the IDA was I was, a, I was one of those guys sitting on the sidelines. Uh, when, I, when they say founding member, I wasn't one of the first big-time believers in it. Uh, matter of fact, I was one of the most critical people of what they were doing because I lived through so many, so many attempts for other people to selfishly and self-centeredly uh, build an organization that I was real cautious is, is that all these, all these fine gentlemen that did – put that effort into the IDA, we're doing it for the right reasons. And I'll tell you, it took getting close to, um, boy, there's, a, there's so many people and I, 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 would, I, would, I would really be injuring the true founders to even try to name them all, but they know who they are. But I watched all these, these ladies and gentlemen and I remember being at an event and they presented and they asked me for the support. And what I stood off in the background and watched was all these people that were building, and you're talking about the first couple of years of the IDA. They're all spending their own money to get there. They're all spinning the fact that they wanted to make the industry great, that they wanted to make it, uh, they didn't want it to be a bucket brigade. And I, and I watched their energy, and I watched how engaged they were in the people talking to them. And I went, you know what? If I don't buy into this, right now and show my support i'm part of the problem not part of the solution and so i saw it on the dotted line that was about three years in so i was a real late i watched him and i told him from the beginning matter of fact there's a picture of prentice and i and um his wife came by and took a picture of us she thought we were having this great you know friendly conversation i was actually chewing his ass for something that was going on in the industry and the picture got published or put somewhere and prentice and i always laughed because it, it wasn't a, it was a very, uh, you know, we were very friendly with each other, but we were beating each other up a little bit. And, you know, it took those initial beat ups to, to forge and strengthen the core members and to bring enough money in to get it where it is today. And I know there's a lot of criticism. Well, what's the IDA really doing for detailers? Man, if I hear that one more time, what the hell are you doing for the industry? First off, why don't you shut the up? And tell me what you've done for the industry that you're pilferaging from. Because I have never seen, my, my family comes, my brothers are all uh, union electricians. I never saw them pay their dues and say to the union, well, what are you doing for me? It was their career. You know, is you don't go to the fireman's union and say, what are you doing for me? You're a fireman, you know, on the other side of, of, of detailing, right? 
And so yeah. these retailers are so short-minded that say, what are you doing for me? No, what are you doing for the industry? The, the IDA to me has legitimized so much within the industry and by bringing unity and a baseline of knowledge and skills, they've come so far. And everybody says, well, they're not doing enough. Well, what are you doing to help them? Oh, you send an email. That's nice. Why don't you donate your time? We don't need your money. You know what we need more than anything? The IDA, we need your money too, right? We need dues. And I'm not saying that to be a smart. First off, nobody owns the IDA. It's a non-for-profit organization. Nobody owns it. Second off, they don't run at a very high, uh, they have like no full-time employees. They've got a, they've got an association company that helps run them and it's all part-time. Second off, run, they run a lot of part-time uh, or they run a lot of associations, non-for-profit too. So it's not like that one company is we're paying all their salaries. It's just, no, uh, yeah. no. they got a whole group of these small associations like ours that they run. And together, they're able to chip out a profit for their company. And it's, man, it's, the, best, it's the best deal that you could ever. And again, it goes back to these founding, these, 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 I can think of about a dozen people that really, there's probably started out with four to six of them. Uh, and then it went up to about a dozen. And again, I'm not going to even clarify myself in that first dozen. I was a late bloomer. I was, I was judgmental as hell. But you know what? That's okay because we needed that too. You know, we needed people on the outside to going, hold on, is this legitimate? And there was a lot of us. There was a lot of us that were on the outside looking in. And we all, once we saw what was going on, we bought in and we bought in hard. Now, since then, you know, Diane and I invest, we, we invest a lot of time into the IDA, into the training programs, uh, into the Founders Club. Uh, I was honored to get, you know, voted in as a, as a Hall of Fame member last year, uh, first graduating class. But here, here's the deal, again, don't show me what you can do with your checkbook. Show me what you can do with your time because we need people's engagement in this group worse than we need anything. Yeah, that is, that's 100% true. Uh, so I am the chairperson for the marketing communications committee for the IDA. So shameless plug for the IDA here in this interview, but um, <laughs> me, that's my me, job. Let me turn this around to you. What has the IDA done for you? Let's speak about from a, from an operator standpoint. That's a great question. So for me, having the knowledge from, uh, from other people that are involved, I mean, you can't, you can't look from the outside in and not understand the relationships that are there that you build going to, uh, whether it's going to expos or uh, being a part of some of the meet and greets that the IDA does. Um, really, it's just having something to back your to back you or to back your business, like a certification when you become a certified detailer or a skills validated detailer, um, there, there's validity. But you can't just go to training or take the test, I should say. You can't just take the test and then expect, okay, now all of a sudden the IDA is going to help me. Um, you, have to, you have to market yourself. Everything you do in your life, whether it's meeting your, your first friend in kindergarten or uh, – making you doing your first business uh, at 18 years old. Everything you do in your life is about marketing. And if you don't market the certifications that you have, the IDA, the IDA will not do anything for you because no. people won't know it exists. But as I, as I explained to my customers, we are all certified detailers. Um, my employees have all taken the tests online and they're under our, uh, our organization uh, certifications. So, 
um, it just shows, I show them like the, the kind of conduct for the idea. It just really provides reputation and, uh, and it backs your company. Uh, the job that we were at yesterday detailing a boat um, actually on base at uh, Patuxent Naval Air Station, he said, I had a guy come out and did a test spot on my boat, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was, uh, and then I never heard back from him. And then he said, I had another guy come out got to the background checked at the office to get his pass and when i got there i walked up and he was in handcuffs because he had a warrant for his arrest so yeah very interesting uh ex experience of hiring a detailer this guy's had and then it took a recommendation from from another company that's a company that does a lot of work for us as well um to to find us and of course i'm going well, why the heck didn't he like if you were to just search on google but he was looking for somebody to back some another person and uh even then those people failed failed the post or just you know, in general yeah, uh, get arrested yeah so <laughs> uh having being able to explain over the phone like we're all certified we're insured of course but uh what the core values are for the the IDA in general, um, it really just provides accreditation to what you're doing, shows that you're a true professional and, uh, and someone who is dedicated to your industry. If you just stand on the sidelines of the IDA, question what it's gonna do for you, then that's okay. I would spend more time working on your business, but not so much uh, bashing the IDA or anything like that. Um, but they're, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna reach out to, to 100 people for you when you could just make a post on Facebook and reach a thousand people. So Absolutely. it's really helped me. And, uh, and honestly, I'm not the most confident person when I've come into new things. So it's really helped build my, my confidence in knowing that um, I'm backed by the IDA basically because, uh, because I'm certified, uh, skills validated. Um, and I mean, one day, hopefully I, I can become a recognized trainer. I mean, that, that's, uh, and it's not even to train detailers as much as it, I really just want it there to be able to train my customers. Like you were mentioning earlier about what you guys did starting out. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all there. 1997 is we developed our own certification program in-house. And you, you gotta remember at this point, it's me and one other person. And so it was me and one other person and I developed the series because, because coming from search and rescue and having all these different, it's like you at the firefighting, right? All these different levels of, you know, engineer, you've got fire, firefighter one, firefighter two, all these different search and rescue, same way. So I said, you know what, we've got to show people we know it. We, we know that we know something. So we developed our own in-house and we started marketing it to our customers. Why did we, why did we slaughter everybody in that market? Well, it wasn't just because of our certification. It was because we marketed our certification. So if you say, people always say, I hear this more than anything. Uh, and hopefully I'll, I'll tell you, I'll say it from what it is. I hear idiots say, well, I've never had anybody ask. Well, that's because you're not marketing it, idiot. So if you're one of those that's saying that and you're listening right now, switch gears and start marketing it and see what happens. Put the separation uh, between you and the nether guy, uh, make it a long distance race between them. The other thing I want to clarify too is, listen, 
we've got some people in our group in the mafia that have got a past. I don't want to ever sound like, and we didn't intend this to ever come out, is, listen, that guy got arrested. We don't know his story, right? Shame on him for right. being in business, but we don't know what he did. Here's the deal. If you got a spotty past, clean it up. And if you got a spotty past, make it right. I don't give a shit about what you did in the past. I, I care about what you're doing right now and what you're going to do in the future. And so, you know, if you've done things, we all have. We've all got something in the, in the old closet that we're not real proud of. Some are a little deeper than others, you know, uh, and that's okay too, because some of my best friends, uh, both in personal life uh, and, and, and in the detailing industry uh, have done shit that in their younger days, uh, they're not real proud of, but you know what? They're some of the best people in the world. How cool is that? And that's something there. I mean, that's about the network of people that you you're around. I mean, you have these guys who, I've met people that I would never in a million years have talked to if it weren't for attending like mobile tech expo or being a part of the idea and just hearing people's stories. Or if I see somebody who's like posting on social media nonstop and it's like, man, what, who are you? Like, what'd you do? And that, that gets me genuinely interested. And then I start to learn about people and there's a lot to be said about having conversations with people, even, even if they haven't even cleaned up their past yet. Uh, I mean, you can learn a lot. I mean, it just, Seeing where people come from is a big, big part of, uh, of what I believe in and being. You know, I'll, I'll get, you just, man, Josh, you just hit something, even if you haven't cleaned it up yet. You know, uh, Bob Phillips uh, and Dave Phillips, you know, PNS owners, is Bob and Dave, I mean, I'm sure that their family had issues. But, you know, Bob and Dave, we're, we're all, the three of us are similar ages. And for a guy that didn't grow up with a, with a family, you know, uh, I grew up with mom and grandma and I knew, I always knew I was loved. I always knew my mom and grandma, but we didn't, we didn't have much, you know, they did the best they could with us. But I look at the Phillips family and I'm like, Oh my God, this family's just, I mean, they're so, I admire them. You know, I really, really truly do. And here in the last five years that Bob and, and Dave and I have been basically partners, here's two grown men that have influenced me more than, than anybody in a long time in my life. And they didn't come into my life until I was damn near 50. Um, it's never too late to be influenced in the right ways. Is that in, 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 you know, Bob's just a great guy. He always tells me that I influence him, him, him too. I'm not sure how, cause he calls me 14 a lot. You know, I hear that a lot, um, but we are opposite personalities and we balance each other out quite well. Um, you know, it, 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 it's just don't ever give up on yourself is even if you grow up, you know, and again, I'm sure Bob and Dave, their families, and, and I know from being close to them, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect family, but it's damn near close, you know, from where I came from. And, and I, I don't, I'm not jealous of that. What I decided to do was adopt some of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely it's changed my personal life and it's changed the way that Bob conducts himself is that, you know, even before we got involved with each other business wise is I watched his conduct online. Now I know the, the direction that Bob votes, but this goes back to an old saying I've been thinking about a lot is that, and I almost made a post about it is that Last night, I was thinking about doing it, too. And I was like, hey, you know what? You know who I'm going to vote for? I was going to put this on, on Facebook. You know who I'm going to vote for? 
Yeah, it's none of your damn business because that's how we used to be. Is unless like you, knew, you really didn't know who I was voting for, we went in that booth, we poked that little hole. It was our honor, and then if the other side won, we congratulated them, and we went on loving America. And today, we're not that way. Bob Phillips is that way. I know how he feels. I know which way he votes, and he still hasn't told me. He's never told me how he's going to vote. He's never put it on Facebook or Instagram or anything else. He knows how I vote. And I can tell you it's dead opposite of one another. But here's the yeah. deal. A lot of things mesh together. <clears throat> Why I'm saying this is to get back to this whole thing is none of us are perfect. But find somebody even at almost 50, even at 54 years old. And Bob and Dave still influence me on a daily and weekly basis. They impact my life with positive. And listen, we, we correct each other not too often. But we will correct each other and hold each other accountable. You know, we get a little out of line. That's what that's what friends do. That's what that's what partners do. That's what allies uh, do. That's what that's what we do as colleagues. You know, is is hold each other. Even when you're here mentoring, we hold we held those those students accountable all all twelve to thirteen hours a day. You know. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, so, going back to the IDA, uh, last question with that is, where would you like to see the IDA go? Right where they're going. Uh, I'd like to see more, I'd like to see the youth of the industry engage at a sooner time, at an earlier time in their careers. Uh, I'd like to see the IDA go where ASE went with the mechanics is to where now that, you know, I'm in the Founders Club and that, that club is kind of a, the more, um, the power players with a little bit of money. And what we've all decided to do is we're gonna start putting our money towards educating the public of what an IDA certified detailer is. And that, that's really where it needs to go is we need to get the public demanding that an IDA, a detailer be an IDA member or an IDA certified and trained that's the direction I, I, I'd like it to go in a mega way over the next decade. That's uh, and that, that's exactly what I, what I feel. Um, so coming into this year, uh, I didn't think that uh, our committee was doing a whole, a whole heck of a lot of uh, action items or taking action, I should say. Um, and that's normal because we were meeting once a month. Uh, we, just kind of work. There's a, I don't want to say a lack of follow through because we were, we were all certainly working hard towards what we said we would work towards, but I, I thought that we could do a little more. And I kept hearing this, what does the IDA do for me? Why is it, why should I join? Why should I get certified? Blah, blah, blah. And, and like you, I got a little sick of it. And I was like, well, uh, first, the website is geared towards detailers. And yeah, we came up with like one page for like a frequently asked question for the customer, but navigating that website is a little tricky to begin with. Um, so I wanted to focus on cus uh, consumer awareness. I wanted our customers, my customers as an operator to know, like when I search online, the IDA comes up and they're like, is this guy certified or is he a fly by night, no insurance, gonna screw you over, not show up. Um, I wanted, I wanted the idea to focus on getting our message out to 
um, the consumers, it's time. We've built the we've built the our community up. Um, we've we've really gained in in members and strength across the world, not just the United States or Mexico or Canada. Everywhere, um, we're in a lot of countries. Uh, I wish I remember the exact number, but um, wow. over a hundred. Oh yeah, it's over a hundred countries now. Um, so with that said, I I really wanted to have a user friendly uh, interface for our consumers to learn. Um, they weren't going to learn, but with one frequently asked question page, they, I want them to be able to learn and I want them to be able to find somebody. So that's what we're currently working on is building the consumer facing website. And man, I wait to you. We've got a, we've got a great opportunity with a, a guy who is going to design this stuff out for us and really help us out with getting recognized immediately. And, uh, just fun fact, he pulled a rank system on the IDA's current website and our backlink structure or our backlink score is relatively to relative to the numbers of people who are searching for it and everything. Our backlink score is greater than McGuire's. Wow. We have yeah. But we're still I don't know, like we're still just not really popping up or what they're searching. So we're gonna fix that. And we're going to create an entirely new site. And this is where when people consider the money, like, do I need, why do I want to be a member? I have to pay this money every year. It was like $110 or something. Um, this is where that money goes towards, uh, along with our sponsors money, of course, in helping build the IDA so that we can build the industry up. And then everybody's prices can be higher. <laughs> Let me hit on something. I remember, I remember the days pulling up to the gas pump and praying that my ATM card would work to put gas in my work van. I, I remember coming home and, and, and being a little nervous to tell Diane that my last customer of the day wasn't there to give me a check and we had to go buy groceries. Uh, I remember having to work a, a job for three winters out of my first, you know, my first three seasons. I remember Diane working at a restaurant during the night, me coming home, watching the kids during the night her working you know, during the night, me working during the day. I, I remember those struggles. And I remember them like it was yesterday because believe it or not, it will be yesterday. You know, we all age and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we age. And uh, as we mature in the company and so forth. But it, I, I, going back, the one thing I never, ever, ever, ever minded investing in was knowledge and other people's input. And I'm telling you, if you can't spend that money and get a return on it within the first month or two that you're in the IDA, do me a favor, drop what you're doing, sell all your equipment, sell all your products, and go get into something, go get a job. Honestly, yeah. because if you're that small thinking, and I hope I change your mind instead of pissing you off, is that if you're that small thinking, you're effed. Uh, you have got to realize that in one of those, I, I attend those online meetings, you know, that they host the educational events. One, 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 15 minutes in, I've got enough notes to pay for my, my membership. And I'm talking the poor me. I'm talking the, when I didn't have nothing, you know, I'm talking when this started my company, you know, when that, that, that stays there for a reason. This reminds me and humbles me of my beginnings. So if you're that dude or girl, um, either wake up or just get the hell out of the way.
Sorry, IDA. They hate when I get brutal like that. They don't like that. So <laughs> I like I'm that. not representing uh, the IDA right now. I am <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah, man, if I, if I would have started, fortunately I had my, uh, I had my badass parents to, to back me up and, and help me through those tough times that exact times that you were talking about. Cause I started when I was 19 and, uh, while I'm sure I, I was eager, eager to get out of the house, I was still there and they still helped me if times were tough, especially in the winter and stuff, I had that. And I feel blessed to, to have that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wish that I found the IDA. I wish that I had met Nicole 10, 11 years ago when I started my company. I wish that, cause she's the one who took me to mobile tech for my birthday and <laughs> paid for everything for us to go down there where I, I met you for the first time. Um, and I wish that I had all of, all of this networking, all of this, these relationships that, I mean, I'm three years into building these relationships, but at the same time, if I would have had that at 19 years old, holy crap, I mean, the amount of information that's out there. Now, when I started, there wasn't YouTube. I mean, people are really fortunate, and, and I think they take for granted some things that, that come easily and come free. And, uh, instead of kind of giving back to what, what they've uh, learned, with what they've learned, um, and investing in, in others by providing the knowledge that they've gained. Absolutely. It's a real shortfall for some people that can't do that. Absolutely. So, so moving on though, um, the IDA, the detailing, I mean, you, you've done, you've done, uh, quite a lot. You've had a lot of successes in your life. I know that you've had your failures and we, we touched on some of them. Um, I'd like to talk about you, you personally, uh, your stuff that you like to do for fun and all that good stuff. So just changing topics a little here. What are your favorite things to do when you're not being pulled in a thousand directions? Well, you know, I, I, I I'm very proud to be a, uh, a, a citizen soldier, uh, in the Cal guard. Uh, I'm actually run the, the ground search and rescue civilian search and rescue side of things at the guard right now. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, I've been involved with search and rescue for 30 years. It's been my hobby, my escape. Uh, I loved it. I love the outdoors. You know, my daughter was talking to me, uh, our oldest daughter, Ryan, uh, she's a Marine, uh, got out of the Marine Corps in flight school right now. Uh, she's a helicopter pilot. She's working on her commercial. She's already got her private. Uh, she's got her instrument. Now she's working on her heavies. So she's flying 205s and 206s and stuff like that. We're talking because, you know, I wish we would have gone out and done stuff in the wilderness more, Dad, when we we're kids. And I started thinking, I was like, God, why didn't I do that? Well, it's because at the time I was so involved with search and rescue is that really the last thing I wanted to do was put on a backpack and take off, you know, into the woods. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten older, that's exactly if I could escape, you know, I do that as often as I can. So the outdoors, uh, anything, you know, I love to ride. I've got a trail bike, uh, motorcycle. Uh, love to ski, you know, double black, um, uh, PNS double blacks named after Bob, Dave and I are extreme skiers. Um, you know, I love to spend time with, uh, we got a 16 year old daughter. Uh, she's got a boyfriend. So we're kind of, we're kind of low on the totem pole, you know, for priorities. Uh, but they do hang out here a lot. He's a good, he's a good kid. She's a great kid. Um, you know, we watch our, our, our older kids, our, 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 uh, son got out of the Marine Corps, uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, he's got a, a little boy that's pretty cool. So we're grandparents um, watching, getting to see him now uh, is pretty cool. And then our, our, our middle daughter's back towards you. She was just 
recently commissioned an officer in the Air Force. Uh, so she's on the flight line. Uh, she's a, uh, I believe, I don't know what her actual job title is. So those are all fun things. But, you know, I love, um, I love reading. I love music. Eddie Van Halen died yesterday. It was a very emotional day. One of my best friends, Scott, uh, was good friends with the, with, with the band, Van Halen. And uh, I got to see Van Halen in a concert a couple times. Got to meet the band for a brief second. Uh, there's actually a live, there's a live recording of a concert that we were at. And we were up front. Uh, and, and Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth were out at the edge of the stage and they had been with my buddy Scott the night before and they're laughing about something and the laughing, the little bit of laughter got recorded on the live version. And so last night, and I lost Scott, um, the week before our middle, our, our youngest daughter was born. So 16 years ago, he died. So yesterday was an emotional day because I'm really into music, but it was an emotional day because Scott was one of the most three important people. Music, I, I play it constantly, you know, like a lot of us do. My grandma, my big brother Randy, and Scott were the influences of my music. And so yesterday was weird because, you know, with him dying, I didn't have a connection, you know, necessarily other than being a huge fan of Van Halen. But having that connection with Scott, which had a really tight connection, losing him and never because – because he died, I never even got to go to his memorial because our daughter was born a week later. I couldn't leave to go to his memorial, you know? And so it was a weird emotion. So I love music. Uh, I love people. Um, you know, I love working out. Uh, you know, I've had a thyroid disorder for about a year. That's really set me back, but thank God that's, you know, they've, they've got it figured out and I'm, I'm mending and, and getting my, my body, my mind back. And then, um, you know, I love business. I love, I love this strategy. You know, so many people, especially in our industry, play, play checkers. And I was a checkers player when I first got into it, but I, I realized really quickly by being exactly, Josh, what you mentioned earlier about being around other people. Um, I always hung out with the oldest guys in the crowd and the smartest guy. I wanted to be the dumbest dude at the table. So everybody would always, you know, my friends would always, while they're out partying and hanging out and, going after chicks and this and that, I was at real boring events. Uh, but I was building up my arsenal of knowledge through these, you know, when you're young, you know, you, you, you know, you've been able to build up your, 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 your growing library. But when these, you know, but like right now I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm 50 plus years old. I think I've got a lot of years left in me. Carol Shelby went all the way until he's, you know, 80. And so uh, I have no reason to think that I'm, I'm not going to do the same. Uh, I can't tell you that we'll be doing exactly what we're doing now, but we'll be doing something fun. But here's the deal is that I build up this library of information. Why do you want to go and hang out with somebody that's got a book of information while there's libraries walking around you? And, and so um, I still to this point, you know, when I got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I was, I was the youngest dude up there. And Bud Abraham looked over me and he goes, how old are you? And I said, 53. And he goes, what the hell are you going to do for the next 30 years? You know? And I said, I don't know. You know, I go, go become a, a hall of famer in another industry. I don't know. I really don't, you know, I really don't know where you go from there, but all I can tell you is that, look, I love the ride. Yeah. And that, that's, a, I mean, that's part of happiness is, is enjoying what you're doing as you're doing it and not looking back and going, Oh, those are good times. But actually saying, hell yeah, I'm having a good time. And that, that's, uh, I can tell that you have a good time. You know, when I was out there, I, I, I walked outside the shop and um, I looked forward and uh, there was this big giant mountain 
in front of me and uh, I walk around the back of the shot. I look backwards and there's a bigger giant, I just closer giant mountain in front of me. Um, and then later on that, that same day, I was just thinking, I mean, I was like, I don't know if I could do this where I can't see to the other side of that mountain. And then later on in the day, you said, I never take the same way twice. And I explore the hell out of that mountain. That's my playground. That's what you told us. And and when I heard that, I was like, I hate taking the same way twice. I don't even like to ride somewhere and then come back the same direction. Uh, so it, it really, that that is what, that's my my adventurism uh, or, or my adventurous side, I should say, that, that I get to share with the people that are close to me. Um, Nicole being the number one, of course. Uh, but having that adventure in my life has really, uh, I'd say the uncertainty of what, what comes next is really what keeps me driving and, and passionate about what I'm doing, but mostly keeps me happy and, uh, and just dedicated and motivated, I guess. So, um, absolutely. absolutely. What, what you do in your personal life is definitely, uh, just, I don't have any of your, your uh, recreational, uh, fun habits in common with you because I don't have any mountains and uh, I certainly don't do search and rescue in them or ski or snowboard or anything like that. But by seeing what you as somebody else, a, a different side, this goes back to what we were talking about with other people, just getting to know other people, having conversations. I get to see and, and kind of relate your passions to what my passions are. And see, uh, this is, I do like doing I need to do that again. I haven't done it in a while. And so just being along for the ride, staying happy while you're doing it, enjoying yourself and having a good time while you're doing it is, uh, is a big deal. And, and I've learned a lot from you. So. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, they call it the present for the reason, you know, it's a gift to us. And I've learned that one of my, my, my middle daughter, that's now, you know, she was she's an amazing girl. She got a full ride scholar. All oh, my kids are amazing. Um, but she, um, she got a full ride scholarship for the air force and I'll never forget. She nailed me on something. This is about three years ago. And she goes, dad, you know what I, I've learned about you? She goes, and I hope you don't take this wrong is you look to your past so often and punish yourself. Just live in the current day and look forward to the future. And you know what? I never got upset at her. I was upset at myself because when she said that I realized, well, I look in that rearview mirror a lot. And I judge myself and I probably judged others pretty heavy. And I don't, you know, that old, you know, it's kind of a corny saying now is the windshield's bigger for a reason, you know, is look forward, not backwards. But I don't look in that rearview mirror. I look for history and then turn around. Um, I do like to go back and, you know, uh, remind myself where I came from to humble myself because you know what? Um, is when you get cocky and when you get uh, self-absorbed, that's your weakest time in life. Whether you're a soldier, a firefighter, a nurse, you know, um, you know anything, a, a, an entrepreneur. When you get, when you get to be your biggest fan and you are willing to step on other people, that's what I hate about forums. You're the weakest source and you're the closest to being a cockroach in your life that you've ever been is, is keep your ego in check and remember that everybody was new at one time, including you. 
and turn around, shut your freaking mouth and help somebody. Yeah, that's right. When I was in the, the fire department uh, training academy, they, they always said, shut your mouth and open your eyes and ears. And that's, that's uh, while these guys are reading your, your waste, wasteful comment on a forum or something like that, or Facebook or whatever, while they're reading your, your pointless complaining, uh, it's not benefited anybody. They're also reading the one below it that is providing them value and education to their lives. And if you're going to take the time to write pointless comments, then you just know that you could have spent it paying yeah. attention to what was going on. And you, and you, I don't always judge people to do that, but when I see a pattern going and you see people in the industry that constantly do that, or they, you know, they have to egg, they have to, they have to down other people, maybe. You know, as I've gotten older now, I, I could have never imagined taking and, and sitting next to a person my age and calling them old. That would have never came out of my vocabulary because I didn't think that. I still don't. I don't look at an 85-year-old dude and think he's old. I look at an 85-year-old person and think, holy crap, what's – now? there's some 85-year-old people that are pretty stale, right? Um, but there's a lot of 85-year-old people. You know, look, my mom died in a, in a, in a, in a facility last year, and we became friends with so many of the – residents that were near her that were in the same situation in a hospice situation that had nobody to come visit them. And when you talk to them that, you know, one, one gentleman was uh, one of the, one of the first air force, black air force officers when the air force was formed, when are you going to meet him again? You know what I'm saying? Uh, another lady was super, super sweet, almost 90 years old, just didn't have any family left. And to talk to her, she just wanted to have a conversation. She could carry on. A, she had no business being in hospice. They just had nowhere else to put her. She was still very healthy and viable and vital and, and loving. And, you know, it's, it's just a shame that more people don't look at both youth because, boy, that's the thing with my generation. Oh, this damn millennials. And, you know, you know, bullshit, man. This generation is probably one of the, one of the smartest generations to ever come up through. Uh, also, I think I love their work ethic. Those that have got it together, it's like any generation. You're going to be looking at 20% have got their shit together. One or 2% is going to really have their shit together. And the rest is figuring life out. I don't think that's changed much. You know, I just, I really don't. I don't, I don't think it's changed much. I think it's just more evident now because of the, of, of, of the, uh, of, of the internet. And, and then I think people are a lot more, um, open with just being wussies yeah that's uh that's pretty clear through social media and everything else that's for sure. chris is going oh boy he just called people wussies <laughs> so uh wrapping things up here um i don't really want to but we, we will uh what business advice would you give me personally that you already have it well, I'll tell you, you know, knowing you like I do, um, you're hitting, you're hitting, you're hitting all eight cylinders pretty strong. Um, and so I know I'm going to, I'm going to break this into two. I'm, I'm going to break it into the Josh I know and the, the young Josh that I don't know. How's that to be fair? Okay. So the, the Josh I know that's determined, that's well-read, that's studied, that's got a partner that backs both, both his direction and he backs her direction. Uh, I think that's really important that you're not trying to, you're not trying to readjust her of who she is and she's not trying to readjust you of who you, you are. Um, you know, you're very driven. I think that knowing how driven you are is that I would tell you to take a deep breath. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. 
um, is to enjoy the ride, smile a lot, give you the company's going to build, the profits are going to be built. Don't ever be afraid to raise your price. Don't ever be ashamed to give a higher price and charge what, charge what you're worth, every damn penny of it, because people are going to pay. Now, the Josh I don't know, let's take somebody that's your age, that's young, that's getting into business, is I would tell them that you're, you're bigger than anything that you think you are, is that your biggest enemy is you, and you can charge more than what you think you can. Probably, you could probably double your prices and be okay. Don't give up your day job. I kept a part-time job in the winter months to keep myself alive for three years. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, save, save, and save money. So every time you bring in a dollar, uh, take 20, 25, 30, 40, 50% of that and put it away. Uh, plan, write it down, get educated, be 2,000% um, engaged. If you're not 2,000% engaged, definitely don't hire anybody. Uh, well, which leads to um, don't hire somebody until you're ready and you can be the boss that you want to be. Hiring people right now is, A, to find somebody good is really tough. Until you build up your culture, until you build up your, your core values, until you build up you, until you build up your income to where you can do it above board, all this bullshit under the table is going to get you in trouble. I mean, did I do it for a very short time? Yeah. You know, am I proud of that? I don't think it's indifferent. I had to pay a buddy of mine under the table when I first got started, but you're talking about the first year and it was a very short time. Get above the table, pay taxes, pay your taxes, pay taxes on the people that you employ, uh, pay well, make it a cool environment to work in, uh, give them benefits, be the boss of the company that you want to be. If you can't be that, you're not ready to hire. Um, and then also write everything down, you know, as, as you saw, I mean, I, I'll do a video maybe later this week and show my process for, for mind mapping everything out. Uh, it's really huge. And I, you know, again, I'm going to go back to, I remember when I was, you know, your stage in it, Josh, you're, 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 you're way ahead of where I was, you know, you really are. And it's because you've, you've, you've opened your ears and opened your eyes and closed your mouth. Um, when it's appropriate and uh oh you still there josh yep we just lost your video Sorry. Uh -oh. he's back i'm good so you know there's two different messages depending on where you're at but i think realizing you know that you're bigger than what every whatever you think you can do you can do a lot more is i, I the reason why um i love i do what i do on search and rescue and i've continued to do it through all these years is part of me likes to be really uncomfortable like this last weekend um, I was on drill with the, the guard. I went out and got eaten alive by bugs all weekend. I mean, like chewed to chewed, my legs are just munched. Um, but here's the deal is being out in the field. I had to go check on the soldiers. We're certifying them and some stuff. Um, I got probably two or three hours sleep on Thursday night, a couple hours sleep on Friday night, zero hours sleep on Saturday, got home late Sunday and just didn't even turn my phone on on Monday. I mean, slept for like 13 hours. The reason I like that is because when you put yourself in really uncomfortable positions outside of business is that when you get back into what you normally think is hard, it's not very hard. It's pretty simple. And so um, there's advice I'd leave you with. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, any, any conversation that we ever have together, I'm always uh, picking up advice. And sometimes that's 
that's my biggest way of, of getting advice is just to, to spend time and have conversations with people. But, you know, uh, well, likewise, so when, I, when we have conversations, I pick up a lot from you. And I think it's important that people that when you think you've arrived, arrived where? I mean, you know, if you can't look at other people that are coming up behind you, you know, is, you know, I'm old enough to be your dad. I learned from everybody that comes through this training, man. We had a, we had a 16 year old kid, you know, Isaiah that came through and the kid taught, taught me traits, you know, um, you, you, I learned from my own children. Um, I learned from, from people. Sometimes I learned what not to do, you know, in situations from watching other people in their conduct. Um, but you know, you're, you're one of these people, these young people that, you know, you're the, uh, you're the thing that, that motivates me to push forward because I want you to be where I was and half the time or even a third of the time. I, I don't want you to hit the road bumps, speed bumps, and be all, you know, stressed out and have uh, – Things out as I go. It, it, yeah. You know, I, I, want, I want you to live a lot more comfortable life a lot sooner, but you're going to have to pay a heavy price to do it. You know that. And other people need to do it. It's still – if you listen, if you, if you, if you allow, if you listen, and we've got a Mike that, that came through duck detailing, taught us a saying asset before asshole is you've got to be an asset in any situation before you can be an asshole. And so, you know, if you, if you look at that situation, if you come into a new, maybe it's a form that you're, you've got your, your part of, or a, a marketing group or a mentoring group is shut your freaking mouth and learn. Don't say anything. Nobody wants to hear you right now. So you're proving yourself and they know who you are. They just don't. You might have a lot to add, but prove yourself before you start opening your mouth is that, you know, I've learned so much from my current commander in the military. He's a few years younger than me, but just the way that he leads, his leadership is so clean, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. I've learned from our exo, which is a lot younger than me. You know, he's, he's 14 years younger than me is that I've learned to that friendship uh, or excuse me, relationship before rank is so important is because he loves everybody under his command. And how refreshing is it that a 50 something year old dude can learn from a 40 something year old dude and a guy that just turned 40. Uh, and then I can go all the way down to Josh, how old are you? 29, 30, 30. So again, I can take a guy like you that's 30 and I can take and see values and qualities in you that I can utilize in my own life and in my own businesses. Keep that open mind your whole career. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate you uh, sitting down so I could talk to you and for everybody else to, to see who the real Rennie Doyle is yeah. and uh, see the compassion that you have. We all know that you, uh, if, if you watch all of your, your, uh, Facebook lives or YouTubes, everybody understands that you're passionate for detailing, but the passion for success is what is actually there. And it's important that, that people understand that. So thank you very much. I think that that's sound advice for the Josh you don't know or you didn't know. Um, I 100% wish I would have, have uh, been there at training Big Bear or wherever back in 2009 when I started my business. Oh, uh, boy, me too. You know, yeah, but hey, real quick before we do, Donald Trump's on. He's, he's going, uh, this is going to be huge. Thank you, Josh, for your service and those at your side. I promise to make America great for all of you and all of you Americans. 
Uh, thanks for being a firefighter. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I think I know, I think, I think this is the short Latino version of Donald Trump uh, without near as much hair. Uh, John says, uh, morning all. Uh, Haram says, uh, uh, Mr. Lopez, good morning. Uh, Chris Woolman, let's go through J uh, Jerome Holland. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Uh, Detail Warrior, good morning. God bless you too, buddy. Uh, Nicole, good morning. He's pretty great, ain't he? Uh, <laughs> she, she agreed your attention span sucks. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, uh, amen. Detail, Detail Warrior says, Randy, it's never too late to be influenced. It's not. Uh, matter of fact, it's, it's a shame to not be influenced during your whole life. And then, it really, it's never too late to be influenced or to influence others. That's it. And that's the biggest thing is even as a young person is don't think that because you're young and you're youthful, you've got an edge is that, you know, my fight isn't as strong as it was, but I think that all my kids will tell you and anybody in our, in our unit will tell you that um, my recovery is a little longer than what it used to be. Uh, but my drive is, is, is almost unmatched. And so if you're, if you're going to get in a battle, whether that be in a physical altercation, a war, you know, uh, a search and rescue situation or a survival situation, or in this case, business with somebody that is um, more seasoned than you, you better be careful. You don't know what you're coming against. Don't judge a book by its cover. And then also the old guys stop ragging on the young generation. The youth is what feeds us. Latch on to that. Let them keep the youthful, you old bitty, you know? Ian, IDA is another uh, tool for our businesses. You don't buy a new DA or extractor and leave it on the shelf asking when it will make you money. You have to put it into the tool toolbox and make it work in your business. Ian, Listen, that's well, fire. That's, 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 man, that's it right there, man. Can't set a tool out to the side and ask it to work if you're not putting it in your hands. So, hey, Josh, thanks for coming in. This is a great interview. I don't do this too often. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I appreciate you letting me, and uh, I think that everybody else here probably got a hell of a lot of information, in it, and uh, it's always nice to see, see the personal side of things, too. Right on, brother. Well, hey, man, thanks a lot. You take care, and uh, I'll go watch that video again sometime this week so I can cry more. <laughs> All right, brother, I'll see you. We got to end this. How would you do it? You got to tell people how would you propose. Uh, I hired a flash mob. Um, a friend of mine from LA, his his girlfriend owns an awesome flash mob company. Love in a flash. If you uh, ever need a flash mob for anything, and so I hired. She put everything together. There there are like sixteen or fifteen dancers. None of them ever met each other before. She did everything over Zoom, uh, and then they showed up like an hour. Uh, now this is in Annapolis, Maryland. So they showed up like an hour uh, beforehand to meet up and practice. I showed up about an hour and a half beforehand to practice for about uh, 10 minutes. Um, it's pretty evident uh, in the video, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so flash mob, the video is awesome. The dancers are awesome. And Golf's coffee drop is awesome. So yeah, it, was, pretty it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. So, well, hey, thanks everybody. So, uh, Josh, thanks for this opportunity. This was cool. I really enjoyed this. It was awesome. Thank you. All right, All right guys. guys. That's it. Thanks, Chris. Take care. We'll talk to everybody soon. Happy detailing all. We'll see you.